Swinger locks it. Left out. Way back. Going. 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 That was the go-ahead home run by George Springer last night in Game 4 of the ALCS called by me on Sportscaster. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Sports with Yosef. I'm Yosef Messina and the Nationals are in the World Series for the first time as the Nationals. The Astros are as of now one win away from playing the Nationals in the World Series. I'll talk a little more MLB later on but before that. I'm going to break down the Ravens-Bengals game. How Lamar entered the history books once again. Preview the Seahawks game. A two-time Pro Bowler is now a Raven. More on that and much, much more coming up on Sports with Yosef. It was the third straight week. The Ravens are playing an AFC North opponent. And it couldn't have gotten started any worse for the Ravens. The Ravens gave up a kickoff return touchdown to start the game. And it did not look good going on from there. But Lamar answered. He got touchdowns. And he had a 21-yard run to to answer on that next drive. And Lamar, he ran 19 times. He took a bunch of hits. It was a, He took maybe too many hits. He really ran 16 times. Three of them were knees at the end. But Lamar Jackson had a day. He was juking out defenders. He was running it. He was throwing it. And he was the leading rusher and the leading passer for the Ravens. We'll talk more about that later. But overall, though, the Ravens special teams just really struggled on Sunday. There was a bad snap from Morgan Cox, which led into a bad hold, which led to a kick that hit the cross, uh, one of the uprights and went through for Tucker. But they, like I said, they blew that. They blew the return on special, the coverage on special teams. They just couldn't do much going on. But what they were able to do on defense, well, they stopped Tyler Boyd, and this is starting to be get, becoming a little bit of a trend here. And this is really going back to last year, when I believe I've said it on Sports with Yosef before. When, Mar- when Marlon Humphrey takes someone, it's shut down. It really is. I mean, he, he shut down Julio Jones last year. He shut down Juju Smith-Schuster two weeks ago. Tyler Boyd, he shut down. Odell Beckham Jr., he shuts down who his man is. And this is something that the Ravens are really using. And Humphrey's just done a really good job. The Ravens also shut down the run. The Bengals, like, I mean, their leading rusher is Alex Erickson, who has 17 yards on one carry. Albeit, like, one carry 17 yards isn't a bad way to go. But they weren't able to run the football. 33 yards rushing. Andy Dalton had two of them. The running backs combined had 14 yards rushing the football for the Bengals. I mean, compare that to the Ravens. I mean, the Ravens, they had 269 yards rushing as a team. Lamar had 152 of that. And it was just like the Ravens completely stopped the run. Brandon Williams in there to make the plays. But Lamar, we talk, I just kind of talked about his rushing. I mean, he's averaging 8 yards a carry. He had a long of 36. And instead of the Alex, uh, George Springer home run, I should say, in the beginning, I actually wanted to get one of the, the audio of Lamar's run, which I did on Sportscaster, but that didn't really work, work out for technical difficulties. Everyone should check out. 
my videos on Sportscaster, also my Ravens blog, sportsblog.com. My username is yosefm613 for both of them. And of course, follow me on Twitter, at yosefm613, at yosefm613. And like I said, I wanted to get that audio from one of Lamar Jackson's runs because it was electric. The way he was running the football, was technical difficulties stopped that one. So I got my audio from the ALCS. But Lamar, he wasn't just running it. He was throwing it also 21 for 33, 236 yards, that's an average of 7.2 a pass. He had a quarterback rating of about 86.5, but 21 to 33 is a decent job throwing the football. He did a decent job just overall, because what, what, what ended up happening, he missed throws. Lamar wasn't perfect. He really wasn't. He had a wide open Willie Steen for another touchdown, and he blew it. And that's something that's going to happen. You miss throws. Even veterans quarterback, even veteran quarterbacks do that, and it wasn't nice to see that. I mean, Lamar, you obviously hope that he, you don't miss throws, that you don't miss opportunities. But the Ravens, it wasn't necessary in the end, although it would have been nice. And the Ravens, like I said, they had 269 rushing yards, but it was really because that the Bengals couldn't seal the edge because the Bengals were not letting the Ravens run between the tackles. They could not get anything inside. And really, just credit to the Bengals there. I mean, they completely stopped it going inside. Nothing happening. At all. But the Bengals were unable to seal the edge. And as long as they were unable to seal the edge, let's go run the football. There were 43 rushing plays for the Ravens. It was just really a phenomenal job by the Ravens shutting, like, shutting down the run and running the football playing Ravens-style football, and it just really went well for the Ravens. But it wasn't, per- like I said, it wasn't perfect. The Ravens al- almost muffed the, special, uh, the onside kick at the end. The Bengals made it close. Final score, 23-17. I mean, Ravens had a great first quarter where they had 14 points. After that, it was, it was a field goal in each quarter. And that's not going to do it in the long run. Hollywood Brown didn't play. He was inactive. There were a bunch of inactives, and another... And the Ravens are just going to have to figure out... They've got to get healthy. And I know that they've got this bye after they get this... After they play the Seahawks, which I will preview later. But they're going to have to really get healthy. Because injuries derail your season. And we'll see what the, how the Ravens are going to deal with that. And I'll, I'll tell you what. A guy who really flashed at training camp. And has really just melted into the shadows this season. Miles Boykin. He, he started coming out of the shadows... Early on, and then he lost again. Two catches, 28 yards on three targets. And that's just... It wasn't great for the Ravens. They've not been able to get Miles Boykin in. Credit to Lamar Jackson, though. He threw to the wide to the wide receivers just a little bit more. Chris Moore had some targets. I mean, he hadn't been getting much this whole, this whole year. But I'm counting it up right now, and he's I've seen 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 targets to the wide receivers out of 20, um, out of 33. That's not great. Don't get me wrong. The tight ends, I mean, they had a whole lot more than... than actually, they had 9. Patrick Ricard had 1. Um, I'm looking at the wrong part. Oh, awkward. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Mark, the tight ends did have a lot more, like I thought. They had 13. And then the Ravens, they didn't even check it down that much. They did a good job, but one thing that they struggled in, and this is something that if you've been watching the Ravens games, you probably would have noticed. 
The Ravens' tight ends like to hurdle a lot. Going up in the air, just in general, it's dangerous. It's scary, and the Ravens lost the football for the first time on that a play like that. Mark Andrews fumbled the ball, just completely lost it in, in midair. And that was something that John Harbaugh wasn't happy about after the game. Because you can't get away with that. You can't get away with giving up, giving free plays. And the Ravens, they made some plays on defense. Marlon Humphrey had an interception. I think those were, uh, those were the only two turnovers in the game. But the Ravens are going to have to do better. And it's going to come down to they have to play better on special teams. I mean, like, special teams is really the biggest issue in the game. And that's not the Ravens' football. Special Bad special teams plays just don't happen. The Ravens have to clean that up. They have to protect Lamar a little more. And Lamar had a historic day. 236 yards passing, 152-yard rushing. Lamar became the first player in Super Bowl era to top 200 yards passing, 150 yards rushing in the same game. He's the first quarterback to ever be nominated for the FedEx Player of the Week. And he's the first quarterback to ever win the Ground Player of the Week and the Air Player of the Week. It was week one, he won the Air 324 yards, five touchdowns, perfect quarterback rating. And it was against the Bengals where he got the rushing the ground player of the week. He's on pace for over 4,000 passing yards this season. He's an MVP candidate. He's like fifth on some of the rankings. Behind, I mean, number one though right now is Russell Wilson, and deservedly. Russell Wilson is going to be a nightmare for the Ravens to cover, and he's fantastic. And I saw, and I'm, and I'm going to preview that later. I want to just talk about some other stuff first. But that's gonna be real, it's going to be a really fun game to watch. So the Ravens, Deshaun Elliott went down in the Bengals game. And the Ravens, were they've been wheeling in their secondary. They've had a lot of injuries. Good news, though. Jimmy Smith is starting to get back to practicing. But the Ravens, they needed someone to trade for. They, I mean, they needed someone. They needed someone to step up. And the Ravens, they traded for Marcus Peters right before the, from the Rams, right before the Rams would trade for Jalen Ramsey. So the Ravens have a two-time Pro Bowler who's been off and on throughout his career. He's not been perfect. And the Ravens are going to have to... I mean, he's a little bit of a troublemaker in the locker room. Or not troublemaker, distraction in the locker room. And the Ravens are going to have to figure it out. And I th I feel like he's going to play really well in Baltimore. He's not going to be asked to be the number one cornerback. That's Marlon Humphrey. So, the Ra so he's going to be the number two. And he really did well as a number two for the Chiefs. The cap hit is going to be about $5 million. And this is a, it was a very smart move by Eric DaCosta. Here was what the trade was. Kenny Young in a fifth rounder. Well, I'm going to take you back to um, before the season. The Ravens traded Kareem Vedvik, a guy they were going to cut for a fifth rounder. You traded a guy who you had benched in Kenny Young and a guy you were going to cut in Kareem Vedvik for a two-time Pro Bowler, Marcus Peters. Eric DaCosta did a phenomenal job. And the Ravens are likely going to go out and make another trade and get a pass rusher because pass rushers they couldn't get his, they couldn't get sacks. They really just did not get any sacks. Uh, they got two sacks. One by Tyus Bowser, one by Matthew Judon. In the Bengals game, well, that's just not going to cut it. They were I mean, this was a really banged up Bengals offensive line, and they still couldn't get it go going. They still couldn't do it. And the Ravens need pass rush, and that's something that they're going to have to go out and get. And an interesting part of the game, though, I mean, no 
no secondary can play coverage for five, six seconds. And the, the Bengals were specifically targeting specific parts of this Ravens secondary. Maurice Kennedy. He was targeted a lot, and actually at halftime, uh, the I think it was, uh, it was CBS or Fox, whoever was broadcasting the game, their sideline reporter asked Zach Taylor if they were specifically targeting Maurice Kennedy. And he was like, that's a, Zach Taylor was like, that's a good observation. Because Maurice Kennedy is a little bit of this weak link in the secondary, where you've had so many injuries, you're going to the next man up, and Marcus Peters will hopefully fix that. But I would assume that Marcus Peters and Maurice Kennedy will get targeted. In the Seahawks game, although let's be honest, the Seahawks, they're going to be running the football. And there's been a, a little bit of a crazy, I'm sorry, Marcus Peters, is, he actually traded jersey numbers with Brandon Carr. Brandon Carr going back to the number he wore at the start of his NFL career, 39. So Peters will wear 24. I'm going to have to remember that when I'm broadcasting Sunday. At least until, at least part of the game. So, but the Ravens Seahawks. Two MVP candidates, two mobile quarterbacks, two quarterbacks who run the football, and two teams that run the football. This is going to be an interesting one. This is going to be one of the best games of the NFL season. Seahawks 5-1, and one, Ravens 4-2. and two. And one of the biggest criticisms of the Ravens has been that, well, they've not beaten a team with a winning record. Who, who have they beaten? The Dolphins, the Cardinals, the Steelers, and the Bengals. They lost to the Browns and the Chiefs. Well, I've got news for you. The Seahawks... Haven't beaten in a team with a winning record either. S Seattle's beaten the Bengals, the Steelers, the Cardinals. You seeing something here? They beat the Browns, and the Rams are through, and they beat the Browns. Rams in three and three. And outside of Arizona, none of the games have been a blowout, winning by an average of two point two points. This is going to be close. I don't know who's going to win this. So I'll tell you what I think later on, but. This is going to come down to the fact that everyone's expecting them to run the football, but it's going to be the wide receivers who I think who are the difference makers. Hollywood Brown, if he plays, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Miles Boykin, guys like that who are going to stretch the field, something the Ravens haven't done since week one, stretching the field, taking deep shots, splash plays. They can get that going. That opens up the running game, and that's true for both teams, and that's going to really be what it's going to come down to. And this is going to be a very emotional game. Marcus Peters, he's the Ram. Like, he, he was a Ram. He's played the Seahawks before. He's used to playing the Seahawks. Earl Thomas, back in Seattle. And this is really going to be a phenomenal game to watch. And just overall, just a great game. Because this is going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. And it's going to be high stakes throughout the whole Game. I mean, this is a game where if the Ravens win this game, they're 5-2 and two going into their bye. They've got a ridiculously good shot of going to the playoffs right now. I mean, let's, just taking... I'm going to go around the AFC... Let's go around the AFC North right now. The Ravens are 4-2. and two. Browns, they lost to the Seahawks Sunday, so they fall to 2-4. and four. Pittsburgh, they're 2-4. and four. Devlin Hodges beat Phillip Rivers and the Chargers to get the, the uh, Steelers to 2-4. and four, And the Bengals are 0-6. So... This is not going to be something, a, This is. I mean, this is a huge moment for the Ravens. If they can get this win, you've got a banged-up AFC North all around. A really banged-up AFC North. This is a really good opportunity for the Ravens. This is an opportunity to go to 5-2, and two, to solidify your chances to your playoffs. You're going in to your bye with a two-game winning streak. 
You're coming out and playing the Patriots, who after a bye, I predicted before the season, Ravens are going to win. I'm going to stick with that prediction for the Patriots game right now. I don't think the Patriots have that many weapons on offense, and I think their defense is a little bit overrated. I think it's good. I think they've capitalized on mistakes, which is what a defense has to do. Don't get me wrong. And this is going to be a very fun game to watch, just overall. I mean, this is like this could be the game that sets a tone. I'm, I'm, I'm not predicting Super Bowl. I'm not predicting Super Bowl. But this is two mobile quarterbacks, the two, the two mobilist quarterbacks in the NFL. And this is an opportunity for all of them to go out, both of them. This is going to be a phenomenal game. And, and Lamar Jackson's got to be watching on the sideline, watching Russell Wilson and saying, okay, this is what we can do. Like, this is what I should be doing. And this is just what the Ravens are going to be having to do, and it's going to be fun. So what looks like the World Series right now is going to be Astros Nationals, although Astros, they've yet to make, as of now, they've yet to make it. They're only, they're up 3-1 over the Yankees. Game 5 is happening tonight. We'll see, I mean tonight as in Friday night. We'll see if I get the podcast out Friday or if it'll have to be after Shabbos Saturday night. I don't know. But I do know that Earlier on Sports with Yosef, Eddie Matz came on and he predicted Astros na- Nationals before the season Astros win it. And if he can get this right, I mean, that's that's impressive. I mean, he's, he's an ESPN writer for a reason. But just overall, this baseball, I mean, the ALCS and really in these, this Astros team has really struggled to hit the baseball. George Springer, I, I think in the audio clip I said it was his first time the ALCS. It wasn't. That's wrong, but it he's really struggled, and he's not been alone. Some of the biggest p- players on this Astros lineup have been struggling, and yet the Astros are up 3-1, to one. and this is really, I think, I mean, there's so many different blueprints of how to win a World Series. The Cubs did it with home runs and not stealing bases. The Royals did it the year before with home runs, with no very little home runs, and a lot of stolen bases. There are many ways to go, but I think the blueprint is the same. You've got to have solid starting pitching, a young lineup. You need to have, in my opinion, veteran starting pitching, a young lineup, and a flexible bullpen. What the Astros have is Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole, and Zach Greinke as their pitchers. That's phenomenal. They are pretty flexible in their bullpen, and they've got a young lineup. And I think they're going to go get their second World Series in three years. It's a, this is really a good sign, though, for the Orioles because guess who was learning from these guys? Mike Elias. Well, look who started to have a great season for the Orioles. John Means. This Orioles farm system is progressing at a faster rate than people had expected. And that's just a good news. And the Orioles are going to have to copy the Astros. You, have, you can't be perfect copying because every team is different you have you have your own players you have to play for yourself adjusted to your team that's something the Ravens have to do I'm sorry Orioles have to do but yet this is a really good blueprint for the future of the Orioles and it really does give hope for the Orioles organization and and this is gonna be a I think the Orioles could be a lot of fun to watch soon in a couple of years, because this is an electric team, and they've got a, uh, this will be an electric team, and they will be really good in a couple of seasons. And that's just gonna, that's overall just gonna be fun to watch. So, last night, the Chiefs beat the Broncos 30 to 6. That's not a surprise. 
What's also not a surprise is that Patrick Mahomes got injured. He'd been hobbling. I mean, he had been hobbling around, but he had been less mobile with his ankle injury. And then in the in the game, they ran a quarterback sneak, and he went into the locker room immediately after that. He was off the field, and he's looks like he has a kneecap injury. It's going to be at least three weeks. This is wrecking my fantasy team. This is wrecking the the excitement in the NFL. And this is giving the Chargers a chance to take advantage of this. And the Chiefs are four and two, but this is these are like just some huge moments for them to go out and stay put. This is an opportunity for the Raiders. Raiders are three and two coming to uh, coming into Sunday, and this is gonna be fun to watch. I mean, they're they're playing the Packers, and I think they'll lose that. I think the Packers are really good this year, and they have—I mean, they have been. The uh, officiating's still bad. Since I ranted on my last podcast, nothing much has changed on that. But the NFL, hopefully, it's going to—the ch- officials are going to change, and they'll see. We'll see what happens with the Chiefs' quarterback situation because they could trade for a guy. They could trade for someone. RG three is probably available if you make an offer. Nick Foles could be coming back soon, so that could open up him or Gardner, Gardner Minshew. Teddy, uh, Drew Brees is coming back soon. That could open up a guy like Teddy Bridgewater. Could I even see Andy Reid signing, trying to get Colin Kaepernick? I don't really buy it, but could I see it? Yes. Do I? I mean, Matt Moore didn't play in the NFL last year, so his last appearance coming in, the last time I think he was on the field would have been in the playoff game for the Dol. Was it for the Dolphins or was it for the Raiders? They both were down to backup quarterbacks that year. Well, I can't remember this one either way. Um, I want to say Dolphins, but there's a chance it was Raiders because I know they. I don't. I don't remember at all. But this is an opportunity for. I mean, for the AFC West and the Patriots are licking their chops right now, saying, eh, "There's no one. To, there's no one who can beat us right now." And while that might be the case, it's going to be interesting to see how it works out because I think that people are underestimating the Chargers, underestimating the Ravens, and just overestimating the, the Patriots' defense. I really think the Patriots' defense is overrated. And we'll see. We shall see. I think a, a very good test for this Patriots' defense will be this Ravens' team. This is another premier matchup in the NFL. And I am definitely looking forward to it. Thanks for listening to this edition of Sports with Yosef. I'm Yosef the Center. I'll see you next